0: My wife Lori and I, we have very different ideas on what the right way to wash and fold the laundry is. And uh, most days is fine, but sometimes we can get into a little bit of a discussion around what the right way to wash and fold the laundry is, and and it can, uh, you know, get a little bit, the debate can heat up a little bit, and and sometimes if we're, we're not careful, and it's been a long day and we're tired or whatever is happening, that debate can turn into something bigger than either of us want it to be. And at some point we have to ask ourselves, what is more important here in this situation? Is it, is it important to to be right on how to do the laundry Or is it important to protect our relationship? Which is more important at this moment? Is it important to be right or to be in relationship? And I think all of us know how that goes, right? The same thing happens with my children. We'll play a game. They're young. Sometimes we're not following all the rules. And I'm a real rule follower. And so I want us to follow the rules. But when I try to follow the rules, they get frustrated. Then I get frustrated. And at some point, I have to ask myself, what's more important here? Is it more important to be right? Or is it more important, to protect the relationship between me and my children. I think that happens to all of us with coworkers and friends. There are important things in life, aren't there? Where we have to fight to be right. But then there's these things where it's actually more important to fight for the relationship than it is to fight for what is right. And knowing the difference between the two is so important throughout our lives. I think we can all look back and we can say, we can find times in our life where we lost relationship with someone because we insisted on being right. And in some of those cases, it was the right thing to do. It was important that we moved on from relationship in order to be right. But sometimes we look back with great regret because we lost relationship over some issue or something that it wasn't necessarily that important to be right on. And certainly with the, within the history of the church, we can see this, that there, were all, there have been throughout the years, all sorts of, of arguments and, and breaks and, and conversations. And sometimes people distance themselves from one another and broke relationship over things that weren't necessarily worth breaking relationship over. And it's a shame when we look back 20, 30, 40, 100 years, when we look back and we say, oh, I don't know that it had to happen that way. And in the life of our church, in the life of our church here at Mount Hope, it is so important and critical that we understand what is worth being right on when it's time to fight to be right and when it's time to fight for our relationship with one another. We're going to look today at a passage in Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to look at an early church. An early church that was having this same issue. They were arguing over a situation and they didn't understand when it was time to be right and when it was time to value the relationship over being right And the Apostle Paul who planted this church in Galatia, he comes back to these Christians and he has some really harsh words for them around when it's time to be right and when it's time to fight for relationship. And what Paul says to this church is so important, not just for them in their context, but for us in our context, because there are so many big issues going on in our world today, aren't there? And even within the church, even within our church, Mount Hope, we don't agree on everything. And so when is it important that we be right? And when is important that we fight for relationship with one another? That is such a key thing that we need to get right. And we're going to look at what Paul says to the early church. And we're going to think about this together. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. And we'll see what's going on in this early church. And then we'll talk about what it matters for us today. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? What in the world is going on here in this early church? Well, I'll tell you what's happening. When the early church came together, you had two very different groups of people coming in to contact and community with one another. One were the Jewish people who chose to follow Christ. And that group, that group lived a very different life and existence from the other group that came together and chose to follow Jesus Christ. And the other group were the Gentiles. The people who were not Jews who were coming into faith in Jesus Christ after having grown up in the Greco-Roman world in the first century. And when those two groups came together, there were a lot of differences. The way they were raised were different. The way they were taught to think about God and believe were different. And so coming together eventually created tension and conflict within the early church. The Jewish people, the way they related to God for thousands of years was as you may know if you're familiar with the Bible. In the Old Testament, God established a list of rules called the law that his people, the Jewish people, were to follow if they were to be in relationship with him. And the law exposed one thing. The law that you may be familiar with, the Ten Commandments, but there are hundreds of other commandments around those. The law exposed one thing. The law exposed the reality that none of us can live the perfect life that God calls us to. The law was set so that the people could live a holy life just as God is holy. And if they could do it perfectly, they could be in relationship with God. But the law exposed that none of us could do it perfectly. None of us can live the perfect life. That even if you take the Ten Commandments, all of us have violated them at some point. And when Jesus Christ comes, he does what none of us could do. He lives out the law perfectly. He lives a perfect life. And he, his sacrifice on the cross is, is taking our place. Because we can't live out the law, we deserve to be separated in relationship from God for eternity. But Christ comes, pays our punishment on the cross, is, dies and is raised again. And because of that sacrifice, you and I are able to enter into relationship with God again. And the gospel is this. The gospel is this. That we are saved... By grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the whole of the gospel. And so what changes then is it used to be before Christ came that the only way to be in relationship with God was to try to live out the law in perfection. Well, now that has all changed. And Jesus Christ opens up the door so that we can enter into relationship with God by grace through faith in his sacrifice on our behalf. And now the law becomes something that I live out, not in order to be saved, but because I am saved, I now go, empowered by God's Spirit, to live out the life that God calls me to live. Now, one of the pieces of the law for the Jewish people was that the men would be circumcised. It was a way to set them apart from the other people that they lived near. And in this first century church, you have a small group of people known as the Judaizers. And as the Jewish people come together and the Gentiles come together, the Judaizers come in and they say to the Gentiles, unless you receive circumcision, you cannot be saved. And what Paul is saying here is that this group is adding to the gospel. This group is actually taking the Christians backward. So Christ has set them free from the law, Paul says. And now these Judaizers, they want us to go back and live under the law. And he says in verse 6, does circumcision or uncircumcision count under Jesus Christ? He says they count for nothing, but only faith working through love. Paul says the only thing that counts when it comes to the gospel is are you receiving by grace through faith in Jesus Christ the salvation that is offered to you through him? And these Judaizers are coming and they're adding to that gospel. They are saying that the only way to be saved is to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and also to receive circumcision. And Paul is saying this cannot be. Paul has zero tolerance for anyone who would remove something or add something to the gospel. In fact, he has some very harsh words, doesn't he, in chapter in verse 12 here. He says, I wish they would go all the way and emasculate themselves. That's how little tolerance Paul has for this group of people. And what Paul is saying to the Christians is, when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to this truth, that the way to be saved is by faith, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. Fight for being right. When it comes to the gospel, when it comes to that premise, when it comes to that truth, fight to be right when it comes to the gospel. And if anyone comes and tries to say something other than that truth, If anyone tries to tell you that salvation comes any other way, then by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, Paul is saying to the church, fight to be right. Get rid of that group of people because they're a small group who he says, like a small amount of leaven, will work its way through an entire batch of bread. That small group will corrupt the whole, he's saying. So get rid of that group. Be right when it comes to the gospel. But Paul says in this passage to this group. There are times when it's more important to be in relationship. But when are those times? If it's important to fight to be right around the gospel, when are the times that it's more important to be in relationship? And he directs this next statement not to the Judaizers, not to the people who were coming and adding to the gospel, but to the church in Galatia who was sucked up into this whole controversy and this whole conversation. And this is what he says to those people in verse 12. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the, for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. When Paul talks to the church, he says this. He says, if you're not fighting to be right around the gospel, if you're fighting around something else, It is more important that you fight for relationship than fight to be right. You can imagine how the church got all sucked up into this controversy with the Judaizers. The Judaizers came in. They started saying that you had to be circumcised in order to be saved. And some of the church agreed with them and some of the church disagreed. And they, they started to form sides within the church. And soon enough, one, one group was sitting on one side of the church and the other group was sitting on the other side of the church. And, and the one side was gossiping about the other side. And they were they, this whole thing had worked its way through the church. And Paul says, listen... It doesn't matter under the gospel whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised. It doesn't matter anymore. All the, all of those things. All that matters is that, is that you follow the gospel and fight for that. And then you serve one another in love. So fight to be right on the gospel, he says. Fight for relationship and everything else. Because if you begin to devour one another over this thing, if you form sides and take up groups and start talking about one another and start fighting with one another, eventually you will completely consume one another. And it's an important warning that Paul gives us. You know, there's so many big issues in our day. So many big things that are happening. And within the life of the community, even within the life of the church here at Mount Hope, we don't see eye to eye on everything. And it is important as a church that we fight to be right on the gospel, that we protect that truth with everything that is inside of us, that we are on the same team there, that salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and that we will fight to protect that. But it is important in everything else that before anything else, we fight for relationship. That we're not harsh with one another, that we don't devour one another, but that we serve one another in love. It's hard for me to sit here this morning and tell you exactly what that looks like all the time. But I'll tell you what I don't think it looks like. Fighting for relationship with one another as fellow believers in Jesus Christ, I think it looks a whole lot more like calling one another, talking to one another directly. When we find out we disagree with someone, to speak to them and to listen to them and to hear where they're coming from. I think it looks like that, that serving one another in love looks something like that. I don't think it looks like hashing out the biggest issues of our day on social media. I don't think it looks like calling other people we know in the church who agree with us and talking about the people who don't. I don't think it looks like refusing to be in relationship with the people in our church who disagree with us. I don't think it looks like distancing us ourselves from people that we used to have close relationship with. But now because we found out we disagree with people on an issue, we stop talking to them. I don't think it, it, it looks like assuming we know everything about a person just because of something that they post online or something that they say. I think that's us devouring one another. Just the way that Paul's talking about. And we ought to be careful because if we devour one another, as Paul says, eventually we will consume one another. Fight to be right on the gospel, Paul says. Fight for relationship in everything else. September 21st, 1788 the Austrian army found themselves in the middle of a conflict with the Ottoman Empire, with the Turkish army. And they were outside of an important city, right next to the Timis River in in modern-day Romania. And as they sat out of this this city that's called Karan Sebesh, as they sat outside of this city, 100,000 Austrian troops were encamped around this city. This city was an important city, and they wanted to make sure that the Turkish army didn't come and take over the city. And so here they were, 100,000 Austrian troops encamped by a river. Well, on the night of September 21st in 1788, the Austrian infantry went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, they awoke abruptly to the thundering sound of cavalry and horse hooves coming towards their camp. And they, 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 they knew it was the Turks coming to get them. And so the commanders, they got up and they told the infantry to begin to fight. And some of the infantry woke up out of their slumber and hightailed it. They ran for their lives. But the rest, they grabbed their sword and they just started swinging at any horse that was riding by, any shadow in the dark that they could get a hold of. And even though they woke up and started fighting, what happened is that two days later, when the Turkish army arrived, they just took over the city that the Austrians were protecting. Now, what do I mean when I say that two days later when the Turkish army arrived? Well, here's what happened. In the nighttime, the cavalry of the Austrian army, when it was just the Austrians encamped, 100,000 people outside of the city, The cavalry, they went on a scouting run to see if they could find if the Turks were coming. And so they went down the river, and while they were going down the river, they met some of the people of the city, and those people uh, sold them some alcohol. And so the cavalry, they began to have a party, and they began to enjoy themselves there. And some of the infantry, most of the whom were asleep in the Austrian army, some of the infantry found the cavalry enjoying this party and having a good time. And they said to them, the, remember this is the same side, the Austrian troops, the infantry said to the cavalry, hey, give us some of, uh, uh, some of your alcohol to drink. And the cavalry said, No, get your own. And they began to fight with one another. And eventually, someone from the infantry fired a shot at the cavalry. And as the situation escalated, and they began to fight with one another internally, someone began to shout almost as a joke, "The Turks are coming, the Turks are coming!" Well, the cavalry in their half-drunken stupor they didn't, they didn't uh, take any chances. They hopped on their horses and they began to ri- ride back to the camp and as they came into the camp, they woke up for the infantry out of the slumber, out of their slumber, and their own infantry began to attack them, and the Austrian army, some of whom high-tailed but those 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 who stayed and fight, they began to kill one another, their own infantry now fighting their own cavalry, and the losses were so severe that by the time the Turks arrived on the scene, two days later, all they had to do was walk into the city. As Christians, we have a common enemy, but if we are not careful, it is so easy to get confused and start fighting one another. And if we fight one another, eventually we will consume one another, and all that will be left will be for the enemy to be able to walk in and take over. It is so important that we get this right. When the gospel is under attack, we cannot attack one another, we must fight for relationship. And in our world right now, there are so many big issues, so many things that are happening. And these issues find a way to come into the life of the church. And it is so easy for us to begin to draw up sides and begin to assume things about other people and begin to talk to one about one another behind one another's backs and to begin to post comments online. It is so easy for us to fight internally. But what ends up happening is that rather than fighting the bigger fight of being right about the gospel, we end up fighting fights eternally internally that we should be fighting for relationship rather than fighting for being right. And we end up doing what the enemy can't do and taking care of ourselves so that the enemy can just walk in. And wouldn't it be a shame if 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, we looked back and we said, we fought this fight so hard that we lost relationship, but it would have been so much better. If instead of devouring one another, we had listened to one another and served one another and loved one another so that rather than being right, we might have been in relationship. And once we were in relationship, we could fight for the gospel. The gospel is under attack in our culture in many ways. And when the gospel is under attack, as Paul says, we ought not to attack one another but we ought to fight for relationships. So where today are we finding ourselves as a church? Where today are you finding yourselves? Not fighting for what we should fight for, not fighting for the truth of the gospel, which we should stand up for, but fighting about being right and putting relationship with fellow believers at risk. And where do we need to instead serve one another with love so that we might maintain those relationships and fight the fight that matters most. My prayer for us as a church, Mount Hope, is that we would be able to discern wisely between the two, that we would know when it's time to stand up for the gospel, and we would know when it's time to stand up for relationship with one another, and that we would, as Paul says, love one another and serve one another and fight for relationship with one another so that we do not consume one another.